0: Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from social media, news articles, his past audiobook recordings, and other spoken word projects, including those great writing projects that you send in. And now, here's your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you, Mr. Announcer, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome, fans of The Spoken Word. This is Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. So today, in the aftermath of the election, we have some op-eds. And I'll be right back after this. Miles Junction, Rust Belt, USA, where hope is scarce and hardship is a way of life. It's but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Their lives and others are linked by a ruined yet starkly beautiful post-industrial landscape, a desolate vestige of our fractured American dream. In just the right light, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain. Written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. Are back, you know. It's it's really something this uh, this election uh, twenty twenty that we've just gone through last week. Quite a week, wasn't it? And a sort of uh, it was upsetting. It wasn't always, you know. Gee, it's. Uh, I'm glad I voted, and of course I am. But you got into that that uh, feeling of despair once we heard Trump make a speech on TV at 2.30 in the morning, declaring himself a winner, or the winner, excuse me. And it just was, uh, I think it made a lot of the country angry, because this is a democracy, and you can't just go up and say, you guys cheated, so I'm the winner. No. But that's Trump. That's what we've learned about this idiot in four years. He has to get what he wants. He's a big baby, a big fat baby. And uh, I uh, I decided to um, do one of the op eds myself, take it from my blog, which is called Random Notes. Random Notes 2. Weebly.com, if you want to look at it. And I decided to read it uh, for the podcast. The rest you're going to hear is an entire string of files from different people. Penn Gillette is one of them. Judy Gold. Um, what's his name? Uh, Sulu. Mr. Sulu from Star Trek. Um, George Takai. Uh, that's it. I always, forget, I always forget his first name and sometimes his last, but uh, George Takai also does one of them, and there are, I think, three others. But uh, I hope you like this. Um, the op-ed from my blog is called Here Comes Trouble, and I hope you like it. From the blog Random Notes, The 2020 Election, Here Comes Trouble. By Tom Zania November 10th, 2020 Well, it's over, thankfully, and people danced in the streets all over the world with ecstatic relief. The idea of mail-in ballots backfired, which, somehow, I predicted. Many were posting on Facebook about how dependable the post office would be. But I suspected the problem would be Trump, not the post office. I was right. On Tuesday night, after Trump made his I-won speech, mail-in ballots came back to haunt us. But still, it's over, except for the many lawsuits, which should blow by quickly. Many are suspecting insufficient or just plain bogus evidence. I truly believe, as of right now, this won't go far. As for the Trumpers, they reacted typically. They believe every word and instruction that comes out of his mouth which is a little scary. First in Georgia, they chanted, Stop the count! Later in Phoenix, they chanted, Count the votes! Interesting how they don't see the way those two statements clash. Colin Jost on SNL had an absolutely terrific line this past Saturday. He said, I just want to point out, Something real quick. Remember in 2016 when Trump lost the popular vote to Hillary by 3 million? He blamed it on illegal immigrants sneaking in and voting. Well, this time he's going to lose by 5 million votes, which by his own logic means Trump let in 2 million more illegal immigrants. And they all voted for Biden. Perfect. Both Trump and his crazy followers easily show where their interest lies and that is to adjust the voting to win at all times. Democracy means nothing to them, and they have proven it. There's more than just cheating to serve their win-at-all-cost ambition. There is the belief that many of the votes in the 2020 election were cast by those who were VWB. That stands for Voting While Black. Unapologetic racism is the standard characteristic of Trump's world of Patriots, the MAGAs, who insist on the beliefs of those that came before them. Oscar Hammerstein explained this perfectly in the musical South Pacific.
1: You've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed. In your dear little ear, you've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made and people whose skin is a different shade. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught. Before it's too late Before you are six Or seven Or eight To hate all the people Your relatives hate You've got to be Carefully taught You've got to be Carefully taught
0: So here come the lawsuits Oh, to be a fly on the wall As each of these unfounded cases Get thrown out of court The next several weeks will be a harbinger of transition problems, but we will prevail. I believe the Trump re-election committee may have planned all of this. Why? Because Trump is a loser and has been all of his life. Those who have followed his career know this. Lawyers and the courts are his go-to saviors. We are finding out his motivations as this drags on. One theory I heard this morning is that he has an estimated $900 million debt load. This obviously points to the likelihood that this is not about his love of the country, but about his money. Get his phony patriotism and flag-hugging out of your mind. I, for one, have never seen such a person whose only transparency shows how low of a person he is. If you are one of those voters from 2016 who kept asking, Why don't they just let him do his job? Well, this is why. This. I hope that regular folks aren't swayed by any of his lies this time. He lost the popular vote twice, was impeached in his first term, and was a one-term president. Trump will not tear down the democracy we Americans have fought so hard to protect. God is on the side of honesty. And that, of course, was myself. <laughs> um, I'm going to play now from uh, from CNN. Uh, like I said, uh, a string of op-eds, starting with Pen Gillette, and going on to the end of the podcast. Here we go. From CNN, Pen Gillette. You have one job, Joe. Okay, so it's not over. There will be court fights. But Joe has won. I used to identify as libertarian. I used to have opinions on government. I used to think I disagreed with Joe Biden on most everything. But I voted for him. I wanted the other guy fired, and I wanted Joe hired, and for me, the job description is now very simple. I need Joe to love all the Trump supporters. I don't care if Joe raises taxes. I don't care if Joe helps add stupid, counterproductive regulations. I don't care about anything except love and kindness. I've never seen Joe as a hero, but now we need a Nelson Mandela. We need MLK. And it needs to be Joe. We need someone who can love the people who hated him and lied about him. He must rise to the occasion. Half the country voted for Trump. These people did not buy a pig in a poke like in 2016. These were people who knew what they were voting for and voted anyway. It's appalling and horrifying, but these people are not monsters. These people are our neighbors and our relatives. These people are us. And we need someone who can teach us to love them again. Joe started saying the right things already, but he has to go all the way. Please, Joe, make me embarrassed to say anything bad about Trump supporters. Please fill all our hearts with love for each other. Please. This is Joe's chance to have the situation make him better than he has any right to be. Please teach us to love and understand and move on together. You have one job, Joe. Love all of us. Lovey Jones, a mirror is being held up to our nation's face. Donald Trump, the inglorious captain of this sinking ship, has revealed the United States' flaws, which can never be unseen. In America... A nation that is supposed to be a global leader, this year has been a raging dumpster fire stoked by the whims of a raging narcissist of a president, a man with the emotional intelligence of a spoiled kindergartner. Yes, Joe Biden will be the 46th president, but the fact that nearly half of the Americans who voted chose Trump is telling. The last four years have held a mirror up to this country's face, And the ugly reflection will be unyielding until we do something to fix it. Over 70 million people still voted for or didn't care enough to vote against Trump's cruelty. It is further proof that this land and all its systems are broken. And white supremacy is at the core. This election should have been such a quick landslide loss for Trump and the Republicans. Instead, we had to sit tight to make sure all votes were being counted. We had to watch and listen to Trump spew baseless claims of voter fraud. We watched Trump rally his base with lie after lie and tweet after tweet. And as this happened, the other half of America held its breath waiting for confirmation that the man who many saw as the walking epitome of the last gasp of white supremacy would be on his way out of the White House. America is broken, and it needs to be fixed. George Takei, What We Have Just Regained At long last have you left no sense of decency, these words, uttered on June 9, 1954, by a lawyer named Joseph Nye Welsh, marked a turning point in Senator Joseph McCarthy's infamous hearings. In a single moment of clarity, McCarthy's worst excesses, fear-mongering and bullying, were laid bare by a simple call for decency. This election, the American people once again called the question of basic decency and they found it utterly wanting in Trump, who from day one debased his office with his lies, pettiness, ignorance, and incompetence. For no matter their politics, the American people can stomach only so much of an indecent fellow. Deep within us is an abiding sense that our leaders ought to reflect the values we hope to teach our children. And while some may still be blinded and trapped within his cult of personality. Most Americans know that Trump isn't a decent man. Enter Joe Biden, who even his biggest critics admit is wholesome and good at his very core. There were no optics or spin needed. Decency was on the ballot in the form of Joe Biden, and through his election, we have regained our deepest sense of it. Danielle Pletka, America between the coasts is alive and well. In the wake of former Vice President Joe Biden's tight victory in the presidential race, it will be tempting to look at the razor thin margins across the map and declare the nation a house irretrievably divided. But there are other more cheering conclusions to be drawn American democracy is alive and well, the complaints of partisans notwithstanding. Votes were counted and will be recounted. Courts will field litigants. State officials will do their jobs. The process was far from smooth and beyond frustrating to watch, but that is a democratic system in action. Better still, and despite strenuous efforts to pigeonhole Americans into their hyphenated identity groups, Blacks, Latinos, and many other non-white voters walked into their voting booths or post offices with diverse ideas about the best man to lead the nation and voted for Republicans in unprecedented numbers. They did not vote by tribe. They voted for and against policies that mattered in their lives. Are there still divisions among us? Of course, there always will be but more than 65% of eligible Americans believed in the power of their vote and our democracy. Finally, how heartening it is to be reminded that journalistic tech and business elites do not call elections and that money, notwithstanding the hundreds of millions wasted in trying to do so, cannot buy a seat in Congress. There is an America between the coasts and it's alive and well and kicking. Baratunde Thurston. We have passed this phase of our democracy stress test. For the past four years, I have been holding my breath in a defensive crouch and bracing for the worst. I've expected some fresh horror, embarrassment or trauma to find its way onto one of my screens. And it's been exhausting. My soul has been clenched, and now, with the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, my heart is lifted, and I can exhale. I had dreamed briefly of an instant massive electoral rebuke of the outgoing president. I momentarily let visions of a landslide dance in my head. That did not happen. This is still the United States of America that elected the 45th president to begin with, Still the nation that only decided, in 2020, that black lives might matter. Still the nation too long governed by GOP minority rule, thanks to the electoral college, gerrymandering, voter suppression, and an open-armed embrace of misinformation and white supremacy. But now, at least, we have a fighting chance. Once again, overwhelming action by black voters has dragged America, partially kicking and screaming, back from beyond the brink and toward a more perfect version of our union. Indigenous and Latin communities showed up. Honestly, everyone showed up. From every race and every place to flex their power and reclaim our democracy. This was a victory not just for a democratic ticket, but for our democracy and, sadly, for basic decency. Now it's up to all of us to continue to invest in and defend it. We are ready to move forward. Watching Vice President-elect Harris and President-elect Biden give their victory speeches, I know they are ready to heal and move forward too. Let's join them. Let's stay engaged in the process of self-governance well beyond this election. Let's be the nation we've always said we could be. Judy Gold, A Beacon of Progress in Chuck Taylor All-Stars Like a lot of people, Biden wasn't my first choice. To me, he was a wise and empathetic grandpa who gave good hugs. Then he chose Kamala Harris as his running mate. My excitement was tempered by exasperation that we needed an older white man to pass the baton to a woman. But Kamala isn't just any woman. She's a woman of color. A child of immigrants with a name drawn from Indian mythology. That gave me hope for where this country is headed today. Another woman of color, Stacey Abrams, galvanized the masses to vote. And that gave me more hope. Yes, we are a country divided. But what this election says about America is that even when you feel like you're screaming into a black hole... Your voice can be heard. Your voice counts. The 19th Amendment was ratified exactly one century ago, but it took longer for women of color to enfranchise. This country was built, shamefully, on the backs of African Americans. But today, this country will grow and prosper through the power and generosity of women of color. Yes, we'll have another old white guy as our president, but a heartbeat away from the presidency, prepared and ready to lead the United States at a moment's notice, will be a strong, tough, smart, progressive African and South Asian American woman in Chuck Taylor All-Stars, married to a nice Jewish guy who is undoubtedly verklempt. And that makes me heartened, hopeful, and proud. I'm ready for that hug, Joe. course. That was some op-eds from CNN, and I wanted to play those because it represented opinions from one of the most important American presidential elections in the history of our country. I'll go that far. I'm very happy with the outcome. Obviously, President Trump is not Uh, but that's too bad because he lost and Joe Biden won. And it was celebrated with people dancing in the streets all over the world. That's pretty fantastic. So uh, that should do it for today's episode. If you enjoyed your visit today, today, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends. Be sure to email me at at Yahoo.com or call and leave a message at 929-260-1952. That's 929-260-1952 if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Till next time, stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.